Well, we're going to look in Philippians chapter 4 today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, and we'll focus on verse 8. On verse 8. And so I want to just open up by asking you today, what are you thinking about? I mean, like right now, what are you thinking about? How, some of you are thinking about supper, aren't you, or lunch. You're thinking about church. Good for Joyce, amen. She's, she's my favorite person here today. Some of you are thinking about lunch. Some of you are thinking about, you know, I don't know, your bills maybe. Uh, some of you are thinking about work tomorrow. Some of you are thinking about maybe the people a couple rows in front of you and you keep thinking, what do they keep talking about? Uh, some of you are thinking about your children and what they're going through. Some of you are thinking about maybe a fight you had at home before you came here or one that ended as soon as you pulled into the church parking lot but that you know is going to pick up afterwards. And so you're thinking, well, when we get back in the car, this is what I'm going to say. I got them. I'm going to nail them there. Some of us are thinking about what's going on in the world. Some of us have got up and watched the news this morning, and so that's on our minds. Hopefully, most of us, though, are really thinking, like Joyce said, we're thinking about the Lord. And you're here today, and that's a, that's a good thing. But so I want to just talk to you today about, about our thoughts. What do we think about? And I got to thinking that, you know, some of the things that trouble us most in this life, we can avoid or we can get rid of, right? If we've got a, a problem with drugs, we stay away from people that do drugs. We stay away from places that have drugs. If we've got a problem with alcohol, we just don't keep it in our home. We stay away from the bars. We, do those. we can totally avoid some of these things. If we've got a problem with our, with our wife, amen, John, we can go dwell in the corner of the rooftop and get away from her. Uh, we can get away from most everything that escapes us. <laughs> but the one thing we can't escape is our mind. It's always with us. And I think that is one of the things that robs us of the most peace in our life of anything is our thoughts. In fact, I think sometimes that many folks refuse to be alone. They always want to be with somebody or they always want to have noise. They always want to have the TV going. They always want to have something they're tinkering with their hands with because they don't want to be left alone with their thoughts because the thoughts can really mess us up, can't they? Now, there are good thoughts that I'm sure they're great, but it's the bad thoughts that creep in that we struggle with, right? Uh, so I want to talk to you today about what are you thinking. And I want to deal with more than just the negative and positive aspect of our thinking. We've all heard these, you know, the power of positive thinking, and, and there really is something to that. If you're the type of person that goes around thinking bad thoughts about yourself, you're probably not happy in general. And, and we hear people do it all the time. I heard someone the other day, they just said, I am such an idiot. You know? And I wanted to say, yeah, you are, but, <laughs> but I didn't. Or, you know, we say stuff about ourselves that are negative things. And we need to squash that and just make that, that's not what this whole sermon's about, but we need to squash that and get rid of that kind of negative thinking because when you start thinking negative about yourself, you need to remember that there is a God in heaven who loves you and that you're not a loser, you're not an idiot, you're not ugly, you're not dumb, you're not this, you're not that. You're a child of God. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. You are one of the sheep of his pasture. You are one of his beloved, the scripture says. And on and on it could go how much God cares for you. And so we got to squash and get that out of our mind and realize who we belong to. When we look around the world, we also should remember that about other people, right? 
that our thoughts about other people sometimes could be negative, and we need to stop that and realize, hey, they are not this, they're not that. They are a child of God. They are someone that God loves, someone that God died for, someone that God wants to see in heaven one day. And regardless of whether or not they're where they need to be right now, I should be praying for them rather than criticizing them. And if that goes for the outside, it should also go for me. Maybe I have made mistakes. Maybe I have messed up. Maybe I have some flaws in me, but that does not mean that God does not love me, and that does not mean that I can't change and the power of the Holy Spirit can't be at work in my life. And so we get rid of these positive and negative aspects and talk about some things. I think I mentioned last week that John Maxwell is one of my favorite authors. He was a pastor and does more leadership training now. But John Maxwell has a couple quotes that I've always loved, and it's, it's in a book, and I'd recommend the book, and it, the book is entitled Thinking for a Change. And I guess that's a double meaning on there, right? Thinking for a change. But listen to these two quotes. I've, I've got them marked down in my Bible. I've got them marked down in my office. He says, number one, your thinking more than anything else shapes the way you live. It really, it's really true that if you change your thinking, you can change your life. So these thoughts that we have are very, very important. His second quote, and I love it just as much, says this, Your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday. Your life tomorrow will be determined by what you think today. And I especially love that because it really does tie into the gospel that we come to Christ and whatever we were in the past, that was the mistakes then. But whatever our future is, it's going to be determined on what I think of Jesus Christ today. Is he going to be my Savior and my Lord? Am I going to surrender my heart to him and let him change my life and let the past be the past and move on forward to something greater? And so our thinking is very important. Our text today is Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then today, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so once again, I ask you, what are you thinking about? Maybe not right at this moment, but what are you thinking about? But in general, in life, what are you spending your time thinking about? Is it the the badness in the world, the evil, the wickedness, the, the things that are going wrong? Or do we spend our time thinking about whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is honorable? Are we thinking about the right things? And then he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about this idea of getting peace in our lives. How do we find this peace? And we've talked about learning to rejoice in the Lord, and that leads us to peace. And being gentle with others produces peace in our lives. It's amazing that just our gentleness alone can change our world around us and make it a peaceful place. Choosing prayer over anxiety. We talked last week about peace as the ultimate antidote for anxiety, And this week, tying into that idea that Christ would keep our hearts and minds, we're talking about thinking about the right things, thinking about good things in our lives, good things in this world, the good things of God. What are you thinking about? Philippians 4.8 again says, Whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, think of these things, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Many times I've taken that verse and just imported it right into Microsoft Word or Pages or whatever I happen to be using at the time, and you can just literally make a checklist out of that verse and ask yourself, is this just? Is this pure? Is this lovely? Does it meet the the test here? Is the thing that I'm spending time dwelling on, does it match up to something that God has told me I should be thinking about? There's a Chinese proverb that was an unknown source, but it says this, and you may have heard this before, be careful for your thoughts, for your thoughts become your words. Be careful for your words. Excuse me. You would not believe this, but Cliff Donahoe is calling my iPad in the middle of my sermon. I will get even with this guy. This is a running joke we have. We call each other during service or text saying, I hope your phone's not on. So he got me today. So this proverb says, be careful about your friends, really. Be careful about your thoughts, for your thoughts become your words. Be careful about your words, because your words become your actions. Be careful of your actions, for your actions become your habits. Be careful of your habits, for your habits become your character. And be careful of your character, for your character becomes your destiny. It's this chain reaction, and it all begins with our thoughts. I mean, we very generally, we like to use the excuse, you know, we'll, someone will say when we do something dumb, we'll say, what were you thinking? Joyce is nodding her head. I can just imagine her telling John that when he comes in injured and bruised out in the field and, and he's like blood flowing everywhere. And she's like, what were you thinking? And our excuse generally is, well, I wasn't thinking. But that excuse just doesn't wash because somewhere along the line, there was a thought in our mind that said, I should do this or I should try this. And so rather than just say, I had a dumb thought, we just say, I wasn't thinking at all. No, I'm not talking about John's thoughts. I'm talking in general. He's giving me that offended look over there. But uh, just in general. I mean, how many of us in life have done some really dumb things? We've made some big mistakes. And it's easy for us just to dismiss and say, I wasn't thinking. But the reality is, our thoughts just weren't right. So we have to be careful for our thoughts because it is this chain reaction that is set off and ultimately ends with our destiny, the proverb says. A.W. Tozer, the theologian preacher, said, What we think about when we are free to think about what we will, that is what we are or will soon become. In other words, when I have the time to think about what I want to be, that's what I'll become. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, The the ancestor of every action is a thought. It all begins there. And ultimately, our thoughts influence our souls. Marcus Aurelius, in his meditation, said, The soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. The soul within me gets stained by what's going on in the thought life. And we all have this, and I think we all struggle with this. And if we say that we don't, amen, we're just kind of fooling ourselves. So I don't know what it is you think about, but I have these thoughts that just cross my mind, and I really have to pray. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's something that I, I don't think about a lot, but it seems like every Sunday when I'm sitting here getting ready to get up and deliver the message, these thoughts come in my head. And I keep thinking, God, why am I thinking about this now while we're singing and I'm getting ready to preach? This week as I was preparing, I kind of think the Holy Spirit said, because you need to deal with this. So our thoughts 
are extremely important. We should focus on God, and our thoughts should be focused on God. Listen to the Psalms. The psalmist writes in Psalm 16, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. And I love the phrase in there. He says, in the night also my heart instructs thee. I have set the Lord always before me. What he's saying is even at nighttime when I lay down, I'm thinking about God. God is always on my mind is what he's saying. In Psalms 19, he says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart or my thoughts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So my thoughts are important because he says they should always be acceptable in the sight of God. So whatever it is that we're thinking about, we need to ask ourselves, is this something that God wants me to be thinking? Is this one of those things that is pure and lovely and just, or is this one of those things the devil has put before me? Psalm 65, 63 says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. That's most of us today at potluck time or dinner time, fat and rich food. And then he says this, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And did you catch what he says? He says, even in the nighttime, I think about you when I'm laying in the bed and I meditate upon you all through the night. You are everything to me, God. What are you thinking about? Are you spending time thinking about God? And we'd have to be honest, this is a discipline, isn't it? Because there's so many things in this world that we can think about and our minds run wild. I mean, have you ever had those nights when you lay in, lay in bed and you're supposed to be sleeping, but your mind is thinking about a million different things and you just can't seem to, to turn it off, you know? It's just going and going and going. Wouldn't it do well for us to learn to meditate upon the Lord? Maybe instead of counting sheep, we'd do well to think on the shepherd when those things happen. We've got to choose to think about the right things. I want you to look at Romans chapter 8, and I think this is exactly what Paul had in mind when he tells us to think on these things. He says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So now all of a sudden, Paul is speaking to us, and it's the same author here, and he's speaking to us, and he's saying, Listen, If you're of the flesh, you think of the things of the flesh. If you're of the Spirit, you think of the Spirit. But there's a special word in there, the word set. That's something I do. It just doesn't happen naturally. I do this. I willfully choose to think about the things of the Spirit. Uh, When you have a clock at home, if you go to the store today and buy a clock, generally you don't go home and just plug it in and say, good to go. You're going to be way off schedule tomorrow. You set the time, don't you? your air conditioner. And thank God we finally got our air conditioner fixed at our house just in time when the weather cooled off. But that's okay. I'm sure it'll come roaring back. But the, the, the air conditioner, you just don't put it in there and put power to it and let it run all the time. You set the temperature. And every one of us has a responsibility to set our minds on the right things. What are you setting your mind to? The things of the flesh or the things of the spirit? He goes on, and he shows us how serious this is. He says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life 
and peace. And that's what we're talking about. How do I find peace with God? And he tells us very clearly here that if I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, that's when I achieve peace. Turn off the other things. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And so what are you feeding your mind this morning? What is it that you've set your mind to? Our mind is either set to the flesh or set to the spirit. We're focused on those things, and we're feeding these things. When you think about the flesh, what are the things that feed our flesh? And most of us have a a box at home that sits there with a cable line running into it, right, or a satellite line. And I'll tell you what, that feeds a lot of stuff into our thought life, doesn't it? You ever see something on TV, and for several days afterwards, you keep thinking, I wish I had not seen that. I cannot get that picture, that image out of my mind. Kathy and I were bored, and we've kind of cut our cable, and we're sticking with Amazon and, and uh, Netflix and those sorts of things. And so we found a TV series that looked kind of interesting, and we turned it on, and we figured we'll just watch it whenever we want, and it's all there. And we got about into the third episode, and there was a scene that we just like, oh, my goodness, and turned the thing off, and no more. And that's been several days ago, and that scene keeps coming back and back and back. And you think, what in the world? The mind is so powerful. What are we feeding our minds? Well, what about the music that we listen to? What about the people that speak into our lives? You ever been around someone that's always, always, always negative? Always criticizing, always talking about other people? And isn't it strange that when we're around that enough, pretty soon we kind of pick up on that and we keep thinking those thoughts too. Someone will say something about someone else and then we get home and we get to thinking, you know what, now that I think about it, I think they're right. And we start thinking about it. We've allowed someone to do this. The power of suggestion. Our thoughts are important. And then there's the mind that's set on the spirit. How do I feed the spirit? Well, you're here today, and that's one way that you do it. You're singing songs of praise to God, and and, uh, boy, if you listen to the lyrics that we're singing or read them on the wall, they are some good songs. I appreciate Connie and the praise team. They don't just throw songs up there that are just fluffy songs. They have some lyrics in some of these songs that if you just take the time to read them, man, they will touch your heart and bring a tear to your eye. They're amazing. And so you're feeding the Spirit when you're listening to the the right types of music. By the way, I also think it's possible with some quote-unquote Christian music, you're just feeding the flesh. Oh, it's got a good beat. I like the rhythm. It's got a catchy phrase. But then when you step back and think about it, it's not really saying anything. It just feels good all over to sing it. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But to feed the the Spirit, we want to watch what we're singing. To feed the Spirit, we've got a book that is the Word of God. It's been called called the bread, amen? This This is the meat. This is the milk. This is everything. That's how you feed the Spirit. That's how you begin to think on it. And when those fleshly thoughts are coming in and you say, i got to turn those off and turn the Spirit on, this is one of the best places to start is pick up God's Word and begin to read and let God begin to speak into your life. He'll change our thoughts. Colossians 3 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he says this, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are of this earth. 
the next time you get all wrapped up in politics, just think to yourself, it ain't going to be run like this in heaven. Amen? There's going to be no Russian collusion in heaven. You're not going to get there and say, well, my friend would have made it except the Russians messed it up for him. There ain't going to be no leaks in heaven. Think about the things that are above. We belong to a kingdom that is far greater than any earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. It's not made with hands, and it's not been established with earthly means. That's what we think about. And the next time things aren't going well in your life, just remember, this world is not my home, amen? I'm just passing through. I've got something better waiting for me. I can get through this if I know that there's an end to it. This last week, I did something I've been putting off for a long, long time. I went to the dentist, and um, it was bad. I just got to tell you, it was bad. I got three root canals, and I, I did one. And um, the night before, I'm thinking, man, you know, my tooth's really not hurting that bad. I'm just going to run with it until it just falls out. It'll eventually come out, you know. And, and, uh, and I, so I got on Google, and I looked up root canals, and, and it said, the myth of root canals. And it, it's talking about, there's really no pain in this. The anesthetics will wipe that all out. A good dentist that knows what they're doing. It's just, it's nothing. It's like filling a cavity, it said. I got to tell you, don't trust anything you read on the Internet. That was a lie from the pits of hell. But my first question, honestly, to the dentist, because I, I, I believed what it said, kind of. So I sat in the chair, and I didn't really ask him, is it going to hurt? I just said, how long is this going to take? And he said, about an hour. And I said, oh, no. So I kept my phone in my hand, and man, every time I get a throbbing pain, I'd check out my phone and say, okay, one minute's gone. <laughs> I'd cry some more, bounce around on the chair, and look down, okay, only 55 more minutes to go. And I'm watching the time, but if I knew there was a time when it was going to end, I could bear that thing. They took me out of the root canal chair and took me into the crown chair, and she sat me down and and I said, this cannot be as bad as that, right? And she says, well, hopefully not. And I said, well, how long is this going to take? She said, about an hour. And to be honest, she was much more gentle. There's some much more serious things we go through in this life, though, aren't there? And I think that's the thing we ask is, how long is this going to take? And I don't have the answer to that. Exactly. But I know that one day all these things are going to fade away. I know that one day Jesus is going to return and he's going to take me to a place where there is no sickness, there is no suffering, there is no sorrows, there are no tears, there is certainly no dentists in heaven, amen. There's none of that. And sometimes it's just knowing that there's something better coming that gets us through this. And I really think that's a little of what he said when set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That while we're struggling through the things here below, keep your mind focused on the things above. There's something better coming. So he says, set your minds on things above. In this same passage in Colossians, and we won't read this whole passage, but I encourage you to write that down, Colossians 3, and go back and read that chapter, because he deals a lot with your thought life there. And, but let me just share with you what he says. He, he has these two phrases that he uses, put away and put on. And he describes things as like a garment that we, we either take this coat off and put it away or we put something new on. 
under the put away. These are the things we should stop doing and stop thinking about. He gives some that are kind of obvious, maybe, as Christians. He says, put away sexual immorality, impurity, evil passions, and evil desires. And then he says something along the lines of, as you know that you should. But then he prose a little deeper. And Paul does what we do in preaching that's known as stepping on toes. You see, it's real easy to talk about adultery and fornication and homosexuality and transgenderism. And it's all, we just love preaching on that because generally it doesn't affect a whole lot of us here, does it? But then he goes on and he talks about covetousness. That's jealousy. That's wanting something that someone else has. How many of us spend time thinking about what we don't have and what we want? Man, I wish I had this. And really, if we're honest, how many of us would be honest and say, when I think about it enough, eventually I get what I was thinking about. It's amazing how powerful it is to start thinking about what I want and how I end up with it. Anger. Do we struggle with angry thoughts? Because he said, put away those angry thoughts that you've had. Man, that, and that's, that's one of the ones, if I'm raising hands, that's one of mine right now. That's my thing. I've laughed with you about my neighbor that opened the frat house next door to my home. I don't know why, and I know it's because I got to deal with it, but I'm sitting here this morning, and that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking that, jerk. Out of nowhere. I mean, why did it even come up? You know why? Probably because I'm angry. Right? And some of you are angry about some things too, aren't you? It might be the way things are going in life. It might be someone that you're angry with. And then there's wrath, which goes a little beyond anger. He says, get rid of that. There's malice. That's this. You just think terrible, evil thoughts towards someone. There's slander. And then there's just obscene talk. He says, stop thinking about these things. That's what it means to set your mind on things that are above, is stop thinking about these things and start thinking about something else. Here's the something else. He said to put off those things. He says to put on these things. Here's what our mind should be focused on. Compassionate hearts, he says. Thinking about compassionate hearts. And hopefully that comes naturally because you're a child of God and the Holy Spirit's in you and you've got this compassion. But I also think it's a discipline to try to be compassionate with others. Sometimes we see people and we, we just like think less of them. And then we step back and we say, but wait a minute, what's their world like? And what's brought them to this place? I think that we pray for our teachers. Teachers have to be constantly probably using this discipline of compassionate thoughts. We, we just went to camp with our kids. And I'll tell you what, some of those kids, they're, they're precious, but they will drive you to insanity. <laughs> and so last Sunday night, we had a little powwow with the adults that went and some that wanted to work. And we talked about some of the behavioral issues we had. And, we ta- and all of us expressed the same thing. Man, I wanted to just choke this kid, you know. I wanted to put him in the sleeping bag and zip it all the way up and lock the tent on him. But everyone in that room also said, but it breaks my heart because I know why they behave that way. And so we have to constantly be compassionate in our thinking. He says, kindness. Just think of kindness. What can I do for someone that's nice? Talks about humility. 
talks about meekness, patience, bearing with and forgiving one another. He says, put that in your thought list. And most of the time when we're in an auditorium like this, when we talk about forgiveness, I think if I were to ask, how many of you here have someone right now you need to forgive? I'm almost 100% sure somebody does. Whether they'd admit it or not, I don't know. But we struggle with forgiveness because it's part of our fleshly nature. And God says, you want to think about the right things? Think about forgiveness. Letting things go. Galatians talks about the flesh. And in the flesh there, he talks about the same things. And we won't go there, but you could read Galatians 5 later. Those are the things you should get rid of. But it's interesting in Galatians that the things that we should think of are also mentioned there under the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, these are the things of the Spirit. These are the things we think about. So when you compare those ideas of flesh and spirit with our text this morning, I think he's talking about the same thing, don't you? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are true, honorable, pure, of good report, they're lovely. Think about these things. What are you thinking about? Are you allowing your thought life to rob you of the peace that God wants for you? It does require discipline, though. And you can leave here all fired up saying, I'm going to start thinking about good things. And you may be totally, sincerely genuine. And then you get to the corner and somebody cuts you off at the corner and the mind will revert back. Or you go about your week, and this week, the same thing that happened last week at home happens again, and the mind goes back. And so we have to constantly be going back and disciplining ourselves to think about the right things. W.A. Peterson said this, and I like it. He says, as a single footstep will not make a path on the earth, so a single thought will not make a pathway in the mind. To make a deep physical path, we walk again and again. To make a deep mental or spiritual path, we must think over and over the kind of thoughts we wish to dominate our lives. So it's like making a path across a field. You cross that path so many times and do it over and over again, and pretty soon it becomes a well-worn path, doesn't it? And in our minds, our thought processes, it's going to be hard for us to think about sometimes the things that are lovely and the things that are pure. and the thing. We're going to have a tough time, but we keep doing it over and over and over again. And I believe we build a pathway in our lives where we naturally begin to think those things. And then we pray that the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to do so. The Bible tells us, and Paul said it in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus our Lord. He tells us in another passage in the New Testament that we're to bring every thought into captivity. In other words, I'm to control my thoughts, not let my thoughts control me. In Romans, the apostle speaks and he says this, that we are to be transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds. We have to go in this process of changing. So what are you thinking about this morning? because it really matters. It really matters. Let's stand. 
heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. And again, as I open the sermon, I mentioned to you that there are many things that trouble us in our lives. There are many things that can take away our peace that we can escape, we can get away from. But your thoughts, your mind is always with you. And so we can't run from that. We have to learn to discipline our thought life. We have to surrender our lives to God and say, God, create in me a clean heart, a new heart. God, give me a new way of thinking. Help me to think like you think, God. Help me to choose the spirit over the flesh in my thought life. Help me to be positive. Not just for the sake of being positive, but help me to be positive because, God, I know that you can do all things. I know that with you on my side, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I know a God who is greater than my trials. With God standing beside me like that, I can't help but stay positive. We're going to open our altars right now. If God is speaking to you, maybe you want to come and talk to the Lord. Just kneel and pray. Just spend a few moments and say, God, come today. And I want the peace that you offer.